Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm the host today. This is Kim speaking. And with me, of course, I have Marcy and Katie. Hi, ladies. Hey, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, Mars. How's everybody doing? I'm good. Uh, you want yeah, to get low energy. I know you guys have high energy today. I was just talking to you offline. <laughs> What's going on? Daylight savings time is kicking my ass. Is it? it? It is. You know, it really has not in the past, but I woke up on what Sunday morning and I just felt so discombobulated. Not really when I woke up, I feel like I got enough sleep, but I was a zombie throughout mm-hmm. the day until about six o'clock when I thought it was going to be a great idea to work out. And then I was totally stimulated. Um, but yeah, like, so I was hungry. I was tired. I just felt so out of it yesterday was better. And then of course today it was like, my body woke me up at 3am and wide awake. Um, which is funny. Cause that's the time I have to be like actually up on Thursday morning to catch a flight. So oh, well, that'll be useful. Maybe, maybe, you'll preparing that maybe, you'll huh? that maybe you'll keep that right up for the next couple of days oh. and then you'll be ready to go. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I think there's actually a, a lot of literature out there suggesting that daylight savings is terrible for our health. Like it's just really not, not good for us in any way, but we just keep on doing it. Yeah. I had a sleep doctor on, um, on my podcast, fitness simplified a few weeks ago, and that's not what we talked about, but you know, we've just kind of remained in touch. I've been watching her, her content. Like this is what she does. And she's posted a lot in favor of like nixing daylight saving time. Like it's just not good for us for our sleep. So yeah, I don't know guys, it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Like I just didn't, didn't notice it. So I guess I got lucky there. Who knows? And maybe it wasn't daylight savings time. Maybe it was something else going on. Who knows? No, I know but. it does affect a lot of people. Although I got to tell you, my favorite TikTok content in the past couple of days has been all the stuff about daylight saving time, like leading up to it and stuff about like why every year are we like so surprised it's November. Have you seen those, right? It's so funny. Like every time in November, we're like, it's November. Why is it November? And they're like, well, we had all the other months. And then they're like, we keep going out to the door every day at like five and being like, it's dark. Why is it dark? (laughs) Every year. Every year, we all act so surprised (laughs) that it's dark early. (laughs) So- after daylight savings time, up next comes Thanksgiving. Guys, it's yes. like two weeks away. I cannot believe that. Oh. I'm like literally in shock. <laughs> I know. And by the time you all are listening to this, it's going to be like a week away. So mm-hmm. it's just about here. And what we're going to chat about today are some of the common struggles that people who um, have physique goals, people who are interested in either losing weight or maintaining their weight, struggles that they have around the holiday time during the holiday, leading up to the holiday, and in you know the week or so after the holiday, what do they struggle with? And more importantly, like what can you do about it if you're struggling? So let's kind of just go round robin here and talk about what are some of the common struggles you guys see people having around the holidays. Katie, let's start with you. So I think the obvious one is just the ever-present like variety and um, exposure to the indulgent foods, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I follow a lot of kitchen bloggers, a lot of recipe developers. And this is the time of year that all of these things are even just landing in my inbox every day. Like this morning, I had like five different recipe suggestions for, you know, fall pies. 
And that just doesn't happen in August, you know, like just the, the fire hose of content coming your way this time of year is generally all about indulgent treats. And so even if you, you know, ladies, we had a couple of weeks back of podcasts where we're like, listen, fun size candy bars, they're in the stores all the time, except they're not in, we're not inundated by them all the time, the way we are now. And so I think to me, one of the biggest challenges is just the fact that there's always something there everywhere you turn. And so many of us rely on willpower and we all know that willpower only lasts so long. Really good point, Katie. Very good one. Yeah. That's a big one. Marty, 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 Marcy, what do you have for us? I'm just going to go with the all or nothing mentality. So they can't be perfect. So they might as well just eat everything in sight. That's the typical one that I see. Yep. The ah, screw it, like all or nothing. So ah, screw it. Well, mm-hmm. like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? I can't remember at this point, but don't let the last two months of the year become the weekend yeah. of, their, of the year. And that's what I think happens is there. That's essentially the all or nothing mindset is I'm going to be inundated with, you know, this abundance of food, lots of parties. And, and also like, if they don't feel like they, know or are confident uh, as to how to navigate those situations, then they don't even try. And then it just becomes this two month free for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Mars. Um, one that I have is fear of losing progress. And this then can manifest in ways like being over restrictive with your food, being the person who's showing up to Thanksgiving dinner with your Tupperware right? Mm. Full of your own food. This is a big one for people is just fear of losing their progress. Mm. I've been there. I can speak. I can definitely speak to that. I think probably two or three years ago, I remember I didn't bring my own food for Thanksgiving, but I I think I might've tracked Matt or like loosely tracked on Thanksgiving. I think I probably didn't have any pie. And I think what happened was if I recall correctly, (laughs) <laughs> by Cyber Monday, I was like knee deep in Williams Sonoma peppermint bark because mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I had just sort of restricted so much for fear of losing progress. And yes. the truth is, like, there is nothing you can do in a day that's going to change your progress. Just like you can't eat one salad and suddenly, you know, change, have a major transformation, you cannot have a full day of eating, even call it 10,000 calories and lose everything that you've worked for the first 10 months of the year. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. But it, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, and I think that's a really good, and we can talk about that when we talk about solutions in a bit. I think what you just said is a really good tip off for people of what to do when they do feel like the need to like over restrict. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, Marcy, what's the one that you have another one? Oh gosh. I feel like that's <laughs> some of the only ones that I had, you guys nailed it already. (laughs) Katie, do you have any more? So big challenges for people. I think, um, well, you know, I mean, we might've talked about this a little bit where you get, where you've got pushers in your family who are Mm -hmm. like, this is, you know, grandma makes this once a year. You see, you haven't seen her in two years, by the way, like let's throw that into it as well. And acknowledge the fact that many of us didn't even have in-person gatherings a year ago at this time. And so there's probably more pressure than ever to just embrace it all and all being like starting, you know, Thanksgiving day through January 1st. And uh, again, because it's like one in-person meeting after another, when we really kind of lack this face-to-face connection, like, let's be honest, this is novel again. 
That's definitely a big one. The idea of food pushers and going along with that one, I would add other people's opinions um, Mm -hmm. can be really difficult at this time of year, whether it's their opinions about what you should eat, what you shouldn't be eating, what's on your plate, what's not on your plate, um, what you look like now, what you used to look like, what they think you should look like. So Mm -hmm. many opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of that can be really challenging to navigate both the food pushing and the weight of other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the reminder, Katie, to put up my inaugural food pusher post, which I put up every single year. So yes, I put one about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's an important one. Yeah. People might be like, I've never heard that word before. You've definitely experienced the phenomenon because we all have, we all have. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more here in a bit, what we can do about food pushers. Um, and then the only other one that I had is the idea of going into this with just a really fixed mindset of this is what I always do. I mm-hmm. always, I always overindulge at the holidays. I always gain weight at this time of year, like really going on autopilot and just kind of being like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Okay. So let's talk through some solutions. Um, Katie, let's start with you. So I'm when we're talking about this, think about this, everyone who's listening, like, how do you want to feel during the season? How do you want to feel at the end of Thanksgiving day? How do you want to feel coming the Monday after Thanksgiving? How do you want to feel physically? How do you want to feel mentally? That's where I like to approach this from, because there's so many choices available to you as far as the decisions you could make and Mm -hmm. what decisions you do make are going to largely be based on, well, they could largely be based on how do you want to feel after. So Katie, give us some solutions for some of these common problems. Yeah, I like the idea of focusing on, on how you feel and to sort of bridge what I was saying about willpower too. I like to stack the deck in my favor by doing the things that are most meaningful to me or the things that make me feel best when I have the strongest level of discipline, which for me is the morning. Um, I am at my best in the morning creatively. I'm at my best um, strength-wise. I'm at my best just um, in in organization and planning. So that's when I try to do things that I know are gonna help me long-term the rest of the day, the week, the month. Things like meal prep, um, like getting my training in, like work tasks, like vegetables. Like I am much more likely, believe it or not, to not have a vegetable in the back half of the day than I am on the front half of the day. Um, that's, That's just the way I'm wired and I know this about myself. So for me to sort of, like I'm trying to give an example, if my mom is going to surprise us and bring over cinnamon rolls one morning and I'm perfectly happy to have my zucchini pumpkin oat bars, I'm not gonna have the cinnamon roll just because my mom brought it over and they look delicious. I probably will have one later in the day, but I'm not going to um, alter my stride because I know that I feel good. I don't really want it. Yeah, they look good, but I'd rather, I would enjoy it more later. And I'll also be more productive if I front load the things that I know are gonna make me feel good because I know that about myself. And these are things that I do 12 months a year. I don't shift gears in November and December and, and throw them away just because the calendar turned. I love that. I think any time of year, but especially if you're a person who are like, oh, I should be doing that all the time. It's a great time to start now is top loading your day with all those things, Katie. So like mm-hmm. getting movement in, getting your workout in, eating your vegetables, getting a really big chunk of your protein out of the way early in the day. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic strategy. Love it. Marcy, what do you have to add? Um, on, on that struggle or any other struggle that we've talked about, like what is some good advice you have for people? So I think we know what I was going back to about the all or nothing mentality and letting this time of year be the weekend of your year. So I'm just not even going to try. And also to your point about the growth mindset, 
don't just say, this is what I always do. This is what I've always done. So it's going to continue to be this way. Like you have to make the conscious choice to choose something different or else you are going to continue repeating the same pattern. So Mm -hmm. you got to break it. And one of the ways that you can do that is to really lean in to this challenging, I'm putting in air quotes, if you can't see me, challenging time of year, which really is just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you say that it's going to be hard, if you say you are always falling off track, well, what do you think is going to happen? That's probably Mm going to be what you repeat. So ask yourself, how can I make different decisions this time? And make it hard on yourself, like use it as an opportunity to build some skills to, you know, test your resolve and your resiliency. And I don't love using the word willpower, but you know, how can you flex that willpower muscle a little bit, like re choose to rewrite your story and don't just be like, oh, well, you know, maybe I, I, maybe it'll happen. I hope it happens. It's like, no, this time it's going to be different. I am deciding And I am going to put myself into challenging situations and I'm going to use like some of what I've learned listening to this podcast or following other people on Instagram, because the information is abundant Mm -hmm. and it's probably the same, (laughs) you know, we're, we're all basically, well, unless you're following someone who's telling you to, you know, do a certain amount of exercise before Thanksgiving day. So you can earn your food or, you know, do some challenge so you can burn it off the next day. Like don't follow those people. But, you know, like if we're talking about people who are discussing, you know, good habits. So like what Katie was saying, get your movement in, eat your protein and veggies, like load up on nutrient dense foods earlier in the day. So you don't want to overeat at night, like then pick something and take action on it. That's the only way you are going to change. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Going along with that kind of like the all or nothing, I think it's important for people to look at the holiday coming up and think like, what are actually going to be like holiday moments and what are just going to be like moments as usual. And then after making a plan, be able to be flexible with your plan. Like you don't have to be rigid about your plan, but you know, the Sunday before the holiday week, really thinking like, okay, like for me, we have a lot going on. We have, a, I've talked about this on the podcast before we have pie night the night before Thanksgiving. I go to this party with tons of pie. It's, I look forward to it. It's really fun. Then of course we have Thanksgiving day, but for me, Thanksgiving day isn't an entire day of eating. Like mm-hmm. I don't have a Thanksgiving morning breakfast that's special, right? And some people, maybe they do, maybe they do. But if you don't like getting up and thinking like, oh, it's Thanksgiving and kind of almost without thinking, giving yourself permission to eat all the things, right? And be like, I'm having a cinnamon roll Pop-Tart this morning, just because like it's my off day and it's my chance and I can, is mm-hmm. not a great approach. You know, you can keep things business as usual for those moments that are really just business as usual. Like on a regular Thursday morning, what do you usually eat? Mm-hmm. Eat that thing. And then look ahead to the rest of the weekend. For some people, they do have other special events. I have yet another one. My other friend has a Black Friday party on Friday night, the day after. So we have three big parties in a row, you know, including to me, it's not usually worth it to like keep indulging. Sometimes I make choices to do that. So I want you to look ahead. What are actually going to be special events that are going to involve food? What are not? Keep it business as usual when you can, and then go into it with flexibility. Like if you have friends show up and you're like, oh, I was planning on Saturday. I already had all these extra calories on Thursday, but if it's now a special day, Saturday, you can make a choice without having it be like, well, now screw it for Sunday. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is just being really intentional about what needs to be for you or not needs to, what you want to be a special food event versus not. And Kim, can I sort of add on to that too? Because you said something about it it being worth it. And and I think that's an interesting thread to pull because 
I too like to sort of really get present and and and, say, and decide like, is this something I really want to participate in right now? If yes, then here I go. Except the piece that I've always missed in the past that I can do now is continue to be mindful of that choice as I'm eating the food. So for example, on Sunday, we had some friends over, they brought over this gorgeous chocolate cake. It wasn't a special occasion. Um, there was nothing we were celebrating. They just brought the cake over. I could have totally passed on it, but it looked amazing. So I was like, I'm gonna have a piece. And the first bite was amazing. And the second bite was so good, but I got halfway through my piece and I realized that it no longer tasted nearly as delicious as it looked when I first laid eyes on it. And those are the tricks that your brain will play on you because that's just what we are as humans. Like your body wants you to consume um, highly palatable foods. It'll keep us alive, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about this, but the point is I stayed mindful enough to know that after five or six or seven bites and halfway through, it no longer tasted as good as it did on the first couple bites. And so that is something that I've been able to do. And I've sort of, this is not some like crazy voodoo trick I manifested, you know, with magic and, and you know, like smudging. It happened because I took the time to be present. Um, I'm at a healthy body fat level right now. I was mindful about it. And I, and I feel like it's important to note that this was harder for me to do when I was ultra lean. So mm. when I was real, when I, when my body fat was, was super low, um, and I thought I was functioning fine and I felt fine most of the time, these, these tricks, you know, dopamine and serotonin, these drugs in our brains and leptin and ghrelin, our hunger hormones get a little bit more unpredictable around, or they're very predictable, but it causes you to do some things that maybe your mind doesn't think that you would ever do because of that level of leanness. So moving into a place, this was so long-winded ladies, thanks for sticking with me, where you can actually take a moment to really assess, does this still taste that good, as good as I want it to, instead of just like devouring the whole thing with your sight set on the next slice. Yeah, I love that. And really quick, going back to like what I was saying about practicing, I think that's a really good opportunity to practice what we call leaving bites behind. Mm -hmm. So Kim, you talk about this all the time too. You know, you are not a human trash can. So if you are not still hungry, you do not need to steep or to continue eating. And I really love that because I... I've said this on the podcast many times. I am like a bottomless pit. I can eat and eat and eat. And for whatever reason, my stomach does not have a stretch receptor response. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was a time where I, I was actually like, I think kind of at my leanest where I was, but like effortlessly maintaining that. And I would go out to dinner and eat everything on my plate. Like if it was a 10 ounce pork chop, Marcy finished it off, like no problem. And it wasn't for the reason that I wanted to lose weight that I started shifting that or practicing not doing that. It's just because I was like, you know what? I teach this to my clients. I need to be in integrity and actually practice it myself. And I really, I don't need a 10 ounce pork chop, you know, like I've eaten enough throughout the day. Um, and like, even though it's delicious and I could eat it, you know, like I don't. So I made the intentional decision and I practiced mm -hmm. leaving bites on my plate. Anytime that I went out to dinner, if it was something that I knew, like I could not track. So when I'm at home, I pretty much like stick to my macros just because I always do have some sort of specific goal that I'm working towards. But yeah, if I go out to eat and I can't track then I'm like, I'm going to pay more attention to my satiety cues. I'm going to leave those bites behind. And it, you know, it wasn't easy at first, but I 
I practiced over and over again. So I think this is a really good opportunity to do that because you are going to be in a situation where, yeah, like you said, Katie, you're eating overly indulgent food that after that, yeah, after the third or fourth bite probably is no longer as good as it used to be. And it's like, do I really need it? Especially this time of year when I'm sure there's going to be another opportunity to have a piece of pie or have a piece of cake in the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and I just, I was going over a client check-in early, like right before we recorded and she was out of town at a wedding and she did that. And I was like, so, so happy for her. She's like, I had two bites of the the wedding cake. And I was like, I'm done, you know, satisfied enough moving on. So that is such an important practice that can really just like change the game for you, even from a weight loss perspective, if you don't want to be counting calories, you know, mm-hmm. this is a good time to practice non-calorie counting and paying attention mm-hmm. to yeah. when am I hungry? And when am I satisfied? And oops, did I overpass it? And now I'm stopped. Like really being able to tune into that. This is a great time to practice that. And I think even just ha- going into the holiday um, week with the idea that, Hey, I'm going to practice this versus I need to get this right. Or versus I'm going to screw it up is a really Mm -hmm. great way to switch your mentality, like really approaching this and to kind of like ratchet down. I was talking before about people who are fearful that they're going to mess it all up. Right. So it can really help to ratchet that down to be like, I'm going to practice this this week. I'm going to practice eating until I'm satisfied and not hungry. I'm going to practice like stopping, um, when it stops tasting good. Um, looking at it as a practice versus like, I have to get it right. Can be really useful. It's You're amazing to get it right the first time. Right. Exactly. Don't expect yes. to. Yeah. It is a Don't expect to. Take that pressure off yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a practice, but it's a practice and something that our bodies are built to do. So we have everything we need already inside of us to do these things, but we have to get, create the space to allow them to surface, which comes with practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, let's talk about food pushers. Marcy, why don't you start us off? Since I know you said you post about this every holiday. Uh, talk to us a little bit about food pushers. What are some, what is some good advice for people who are, who are dealing with that and know that it's about to happen? You know, I just think you have to be really matter of fact. You don't have to be rude about it. Just say, no, thank you. I've had enough. No, thank you. I'm not really hungry. No, thank you. I don't, you know, prefer that whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't have to be this like big thing. And I I'm at the point now where I really do not get food pushers anymore. Uh, my brother used to be a big one. He was one, I don't want to say the only food pusher in my life, but for years, it was just like this thing. No, Andy, I don't want the birthday cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't because like, I didn't want the birthday cake. I actually did want the birthday cake, but it was at a point where I was gluten intolerant. So it was something that I was avoiding for <laughs> a very specific reason. And I had to tell him that, and I still don't think he really understood or made the connection. So it took a long time for him to finally like get the hint, but I didn't make it a thing. I didn't like start an argument with him. It was just very politely over and over again, saying it until he stopped saying it. But um, in, in that situation, I think it's a little bit different, but for a lot of people, they are pushing food on you. I think for multiple reasons, one, it's because like food is their love language. I know that's one of my love languages. I love to bake. I love to cook. It is the way that I show someone that I care about them. So I don't push the food on people, but I under, I do know that like, okay, that's the way that I kind of sometimes also like feel seen. I think I've talked about this on the podcast as well. Um, so, or kind of like where my like value comes from. So I think there are some people who do it for that reason, which is you know, for the most part, very genuine, but then there are others who are going to push the food on you because 
you saying no thank you triggers something in them. So, uh, you know, it's their, I guess I'll say like untapped potential for lack of a better phrase that they maybe want to lose weight. They want to make better decisions. They want to have better willpower. And because they have not gotten to that point yet, then anytime they see someone else who is doing that or is able to make self-honoring choices, then Mm -hmm. it threatens something inside of them. So they're just going to, you know, try to like crab in the bucket mentality, come down with me, come to my level. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just having that awareness so you don't get so triggered by it is really helpful as well. I love that. Absolutely. Um, Katie, did you have something to add to that? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, Yeah. For me, the go-to phrase that I suggest to my clients all the time is I'm not hungry because it's one really can just so fast end the conversation. If you don't want any, for whatever reason, if you don't want something, whatever the reason is, but if you tell somebody, oh no, thank you. I'm not hungry. And you can even be really nice about be like, that looks delicious. I'm just not hungry. I've had mm-hmm. enough. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to argue? Like, no, you're, you are hungry. Yes, you are. <laughs> I know you are like, it's ridiculous. Right. So I like that one a lot because it just it doesn't, where I think people can get tripped up is they start saying, they start talking about how they're eating and why they're eating. And like, I've already had enough calories or it's too many carbs or whatever it is that they might be thinking, like, keep that inside your head um, or talk to your coach about that. Um, but talking to like general people at party situations is not the place to do it because then you're going to continue the conversation and get all kinds of other opinions. And I just really think it's just a nice, neat, tidy. Thank you so much. I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. wonders. Well, ladies, this has been a great episode. I think we've given people some actionable things to do. Um, any last words anybody would like to say before we head out? I don't think so. I think we nailed it. I'll just say one thing. And that is like on the other side of every decision we make is like our innate ability to form a habit. And so let's take advantage of this time, this opportunity to practice things and maybe build some new end of year habits. If you're someone who's always sort of gone back to the same same old exercises, same old habits, same old results, right? Like it can be changed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you have the power, the food, the other people do not have the power over you. You are in control. So don't give that away to anybody else and start with the end in mind. How do you want to feel when your head hits the pillow at night, the next day, how do you want to feel even on January 1st? Is it going to be like, Oh, you got to start over again or no, I spent the last two months really making some changes and I'm, I'm feeling good. I love that. The only thing I'll add is if you're hearing this right now and you're like, I kind of want to try some of these things. And I just, I don't really trust myself. I don't really, I don't have the confidence like that. I could be moderate with food. I want you to know that we have that confidence and you lean on that for right now. Mm. We've seen so many people do it. I've done it. I used to be somebody who didn't believe I could be moderate around food or practice and just move on if I didn't like the choice I'd made. So if you don't believe it yet, know that we believe in you and give yourself a chance to show yourself what you can do. Yes. I love it. Excellent, Damn. Cam. Great finish. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.